And then I use a lot of social media. I've found it just to be a great way to talk to people. And most people are really open to sharing. And so I'll get on a social media and I'll be like, oh, this guy's based in that area. Or I'll look around and find people that look like they're having a lot of success there. And I'll just start messaging them and going, hey, man, I'm thinking about coming to that area. Do you have any tips for me? And people will usually be an open book. And I find it great. Um, often I'll I'll start talking to those people and they're like, hey, man, I'm going to be in town. You should just come fish with me for a day. Oh, OK, cool. Let's do it. You know. That was Christian Bacasa with a nice tip on planning your next DIY fishing trip. Dupa fish, podcasting, and your next big trip today on the Wet Fly Swing Fly Fishing Show. Welcome to the Wet Fly Swing Fly Fishing Show, where you discover tips, tricks, and tools from the leading names in fly fishing today. Hey! How's it going today? Thanks for stopping by the Fly Fishing Show. That was actually the sound I make when karate chopping boards in the backyard. If you love karate chopping boards or love this show, please share it with one other person. You can do that by clicking down in the podcast app you're listening to right now and just click that share button. Send a message out to somebody you love. Christian Picasa from the Fly Fishing Insider Podcast and Dupa Fish is here to break down some tips on planning your next trip. We get an update on Dupafish, uh, the travel site, which uh, Christian has going now. We dig into a little bit on his last trip uh, up to Alaska and some tips on finding a great guide uh, and planning a trip there or in other parts of the country. This one is uh, pretty jam-packed. We got uh, Christian's got a lot of stuff going on, so it's a pretty interesting, uh, interesting conversation, including if you stick around to the very end, Christian even breaks out a few... Uh, tips on buying your next home. So uh, stay around to that one. Before we get started, let's hear from our sponsor. Koffler Boats specialize in custom-ordered aluminum boats and uses the best materials, components, and accessories available to meet all of your fishing and boating needs. Head over to wetflyswing.com slash koffler to check out the lineup right now. That's koffler, K-O-F-F-L-E-R, wetflyswing.com slash koffler to check out uh, the lineup and to connect with Joe. So without further ado, here is Christian Bacasa from the Fly Fishing Insider Podcast.com. How's it going, Christian? It's going good, man. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for, thanks for doing this. We've been uh, chatting a little while. I connected with uh, your former uh, leader of the Insider Podcast, Greg Keenan, uh, a while back, and then you've made the transition. We're going to jump into that, how you uh, purchased, I think, uh, got this new podcast. I want to hear about that. And you've got Dupa Fish, a bunch of things going on. Uh, but quickly, take us back to how you first got into fly fishing, then we'll take it from there. Yeah, so um, first way I got into it was through some friends. I had... Um, I had been heavily involved in uh, a lot of outdoor activities, et cetera. But then I got sick. I was diagnosed with um, Hodgkin's disease, actually, a, oh, wow. a form of cancer, a lymphoma. And um, that really p- kind of put me down in the gutter f- uh, physically. So I couldn't do a lot of the um, physical activities that I was into. So these guys were like, dude, you know, you should try fly fishing with us. We'll just throw you in the boat. And, you know, it's super fun, et cetera. And uh, that's how, how it happened. They, um, they did. They threw me in a boat, took me down the green, and um, we caught some fish. And I was like, "Yeah, man, this is this is good. I can do this while I'm sick." And um, slowly, we we went on a couple little trips, and then they were like, "All right, you're getting around. Okay, now let's get you on a real trip, bro." And they took me up to Montana for ten days, and 
we, uh, you know, cruised around Ennis and floated the Madison in these personal pontoons. And I mean, these guys were awesome. They were like tying my boots for me and helping me up out of the river and all this stuff is really cool. So it just opened up that, um, that ability to be outside again. And, you know, that feeling of like learning something and getting my mind off of things. And yeah, it was, a, it was a godsend to say really cool. That's uh, I, you know, this is why it's so cool doing these shows because I had no idea. And that, that might be the, the, one of the best stories I've ever heard on this show. I mean, literally fly fishing. It sounds like kind of saved your life. Is that, I mean, how does it feel to you? Is that what you feel, feel about it? Yeah, that's, um, <laughs> that's a really, uh, good way to put it really. <laughs> yeah, no, it is. It is. It, um, it, it really gave me uh, a lot of purpose from just a personal, physical activity standpoint. I mean, I had a wife and kids and, um, you know, those obviously you have purpose for and family. Um, but that personal drive of the fact that I lost all those activities that were so important to me. I mean, I moved across the country to you know, be a climber and skier, biker, all that stuff, and did a lot of those things competitively. So, you know, then to lose that all of a sudden, you didn't have that kind of, I don't know, for lack of a better term, that locker room uh, atmosphere, right? And it was so um, detrimental to my lifestyle. So all of a sudden that was gone. So it was like I lost a big part of my personal identity. And, um, fly fishing really filled that void in a couple of ways. It gave me something to focus on. It was, um, relaxing. It, it was great exercise because, um, one of the difficulties that I had is I, I've lost about 90% of the functionality of my left lung. So my ability to hike at the time, cause I was super, I mean, I would, I went from 130 pounds. I was a lighter guy, anyhow, racing bikes, but I went from that to 97 pounds. So I lost, you know, virtually all the muscle I had and, um, yeah, all of a sudden I was able to be outside walking around, but it wasn't like, you know, you go out on a hike or a bike and it's, you know, it's zero to a hundred, right? You, you, you don't stop. And whereas fly fishing, it was like, oh, I could walk a little bit, sit on a log, observe the river, still be kind of functioning mentally. Okay. Now that I've observed the river, I can get up and I can go stand in my spot. I can go fish this scene. Okay, ready to move to the next spot. You know, uh, I recouped, you know, physically. And it, it just really facilitated, actually, my rehab. Um, and it just got better and better and better over time. And um, and it was all new information, right? So I'd go from the river and then I'd go home and I'd read books and I would research online and just filled your day. Whereas before it was like, I was kind of like filling my day with, Oh my God, how am I going to get back into biking? Oh my God, how am I going to get back into skiing and climbing? Is that ever going to happen again? You know? So it gave me a new, new purpose in that manner. Wow. That's uh, that's an amazing story. So, well, uh, you know, I think maybe we'll touch on a little more of that if we have time at the end. I, I wanted to, you know, dupe a fish. I want to touch on that, the fly fishing insider, that. And then also maybe you've done some traveling recently. I want to dig into that as well. But talk about, yeah, um, yeah talk about, I'm curious on the on the dupe a fish because, you know, and the fly fishing insider. I mean, when did it come from now you're surviving? It sounds like trying to, to live to now you're like literally having a, a brand in the fly fishing space. How did that happen? Yeah, that was a pretty neat transition for me too. So, here I am going on this trip to Ennis, right? And it's like the $500 trip, super cheap with your buddies. And um, 
we do that one year and then we do that the next year. And while we're on that trip the next year, the guys are like, oh, let's go to Belize. And all of a sudden it's like $500 trip that went to, you know, like the three, $4,000 or more trip. And I was like, man, I got to find a way to write this stuff off because now I got to buy all this saltwater gear and et cetera, et cetera. And so I had mentioned that to the crew and they kind of laughed and I was like, no, nah, I think I'm going to start a fishing business so I can just write all this stuff off. And we all joked about it and had some ideas and, oh yeah, we could do this. It'll be fun. You know, of course everybody's on board. Right. And then we, we leave the trip and it's like crickets, you know, and I'm over here working on the business, <laughs> trying to get this right off. And, um, I came back the next year with a couple hats and some, some ideas and they were like, oh, you're for real. I was like, yeah, man, I started this Instagram page and blah, blah, blah. And, um, that was, uh, I think at the time what I called a river bone <laughs> hmm. and, uh, it was a, it was a play on words for, uh, catching whiteies, you know, we call those river bones and that, it didn't last very long. Um, it started to climb and then I was like spending a little more time on it. And then my, one of the buddies on the trip was like, yo, you're for real. You need a partner. And that was Todd Jergensen, my current partner in Dupafish. And, uh, the two of us then, you know, really started getting serious and we're like, oh, this riverbone thing just doesn't work. We can't get the URLs and it doesn't have a long lasting name and all this. And I, I said, you know what? I really like the name Dupafish and nobody's using it. And it's like trick of fish and, he liked it. And so we just kind of jumped on it and then started building that business. And that was it. You know, we started selling hats and building an audience and then we had a nice audience and then we were doing some marketing for some, some uh, manufacturers and stuff. And then um, that eventually transitioned into what we're doing now is we've built a, a booking platform for um, service providers and anglers. So if you're a service provider in the fly fishing industry and you want to advertise your services, um, you go on and create an account uh, on Dupafish and you can upload your profile and calendar and whatnot. And people can go on and book um, uh, a fishing trip with you. And there's, there's no extra commissions charged to the customer or the service provider. The service provider just plays, pays a monthly fee. And um, that's uh, in the, in the process of being uh, debugged and launched right now. So yeah, it's, it's going really well. We um, we're very excited about that coming down the pipe. Cool. So this is kind of like a similar to... It's almost like a VRBO. Oh, VRBO. Yeah, yeah. So it'd be different than like, say, Yellow Dog, which, uh, you know, is is it similar to that? Uh, something like that? It's um, similar but different. So Yellow Dog does a, a really uh, big focus on very high-end fly fishing um, adventures. And all of their partners are these like really high-end resorts. And they're fantastic for a a segment of the fly fishing community. And um, our anticipation is that we'll have service providers in that realm, but we'll have, you know, the average Joe guides as well. And the whole premise is that you can find a trip that suits your needs. And the way we came about this was Todd and I were booking all these trips and we were booking trips with us and a bunch of buddies. And it was always hard to find the right location you know, what species are we going to target? Where are we going to go, et cetera, et cetera. So we created the platform. So as service providers log on and create these accounts, a, a consumer can go on and uh, an, an angler and say, hey, you know what? I have an interest in targeting brook trout. And all the brook trout guides will come up. Well, I have an interest in targeting, char- um, going after brook trout in Maine, okay, in this city, 
and I can find that really quickly. Yeah, um, or Alaska. And it's easily, yeah, wherever, you know, whatever species or whatever around the globe. So that was the whole premise is really to kind of break down the barriers for the angler to get into the right fishing trip and adventure for them. Um, and then at the same source, the service providers we saw across the industry just didn't have a platform that was really good for that. And um, so, you know, service providers were like, hey, where do I market my stuff? I'm just a Joe Schmo. I don't have time to do all this marketing and, you know, hire a marketing person and collect all the money, et cetera. So, you know, there's re- it's a really easy platform to pay through. Um, again, we don't take any additional commissions. There's no upcharge. But it's safe, you know, rather than showing up in a parking lot with $800 cash in your pocket and handing it to some strange guy in a pickup truck that you just met, you know, you're paying online and it's, you know, it's all covered. You're not carrying around wads of cash every day. And So if I wanted to go on a, if I want to go on a trip to Alaska, say I wanted to go to Bristol Bay, I could go there and search for you know, a trip, a trip, say I find this trip there and there would be a guide through your website and then I would pay, pay through your website, pay for the trip. Is that how that works? Yeah, you would exactly. You'd go on, you'd be able to see their, their service profile and what trip options they have. Um, and you would select one and then you just pay right through the site. Um, and then it's, it's booked and done. It aligns with their calendar and everything. So Gotcha. Well, I might have to hit you up because I've been talking about, uh, and today we'll talk about a little bit on Alaska because we're trying to put together a big trip up there, kind of like you're talking about, get the guys together, a big, uh, you know, big (laughs) fishing like excursion, like we're kind of doing the remote two weeks down a random, you know, in the middle of Alaska float trip. Um, yeah, but, but maybe we'll circle around to that one as well. So let's, let's take this. We got enough topics here, uh, Christian today. We're going to have to keep this going, but, um, so the fly fishing insider, um, tell me, you know, I know you became friends with Greg Keenan and he was the original host. So when did you come to the idea that you wanted to now be a podcast? Cause it seems like you're already running a business, a podcasting. I know myself because I run it. That's my full thing here. Uh, is a, you know, all the time goes in the podcast is not easy. Why take on another thing and how'd you do it? Yeah, so Greg and I were working together on projects, and he was always contacting me. Hey, I got this going on, and I was contacting me. Hey, I got this going on, and we would collaborate on things. Um, we just got along really well, and um, I started to see the value of the podcast as a, a marketing tool. And then I really like interviewing. So my normal profession is in technology and sales, and I like talking to people and going through that discovery process. So. It's really enjoyable to me, and I just love talking fishing. So, um, you know, I did some interviews on a few podcasts and really liked it. And then one day, Greg was kind of going, you know, I'm thinking of maybe selling the podcast. I just don't have the time. And I was like, hey, what if I bought it? And boom, it was done. Um, And I thought, for me, this is great. Um, I can do it. I really enjoy it. Um, it's another skill set to learn. It facilitates my dupe fish business. It facilitates the fly fishing insider business. Um, you know, maybe I can go full time on this, that kind of thing. And, um, yeah, I did. I made the transition, went full time. And then of course I had another buddy call me and go, Hey, I need somebody to build a technology sales department in North America for this awesome startup. Can you, you know, anybody? And I was like, Oh gosh, this is a good opportunity. I'm going to, I'm going to do that too. So, 
I got the three jobs, you know, that's kind of how it goes. Gotcha. <laughs> Life's too short. You got to just jump on it when it comes. Yep. So you got this, uh, so you got three things going in and you got the family and kids, right? So you're fully, you have no time to watch, uh, you're not watching Squid Game or anything like that. You're not doing any TV or Netflix. No, no TV, Netflix. It's fish <laughs> and work and family. Yeah, that's awesome. That's and awesome. not in that order, really. It's really family, probably fish and work. <laughs> Well, for for those that don't know the Fly Fishing Insider podcast, Greg Keenan was the host. I'm, I'm sure a lot of people listening probably know of that one. What when you thought think of Greg? Uh, I'm curious. What 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 was the what did you like most about Greg? Because I, I know Greg pretty well as well. What was the one thing that really you guys connected on? Yeah, Greg had two things that I I love and appreciate, and we're still very good friends. And the two elements that I loved was he had really high energy. Guy was like always 100 mile an hour. And then the other thing I loved about Greg was his creativity. He was always thinking creatively, coming up with new ideas and maybe if I do this or maybe I do that. And, um, you know, those two things I think were just really fun to be around and um, they challenged you. Right. And uh, I love I love being around people that challenge you. So great, great guy. Reliable, too, would be the other thing. He's very reliable, stand up, you know, salt of the earth kind of guy. Yeah, no, I love Greg for that. Yeah, he's always uh, definitely... Definitely, when I saw him heading out, it was it was tough because I was like, "Oh man, this is tough to see him heading out." And again, just like I said, the flat, the um, the barbless podcast. You know, we were talking off air. Uh, Chad, who was running the barbless, they're still going. I think uh, Hogan Brown is running that. But Chad was the same thing. He was kind of the mastermind behind that, and he was like, "Okay, I'm going to take over the world." I think, in fact, he told me that I'm going to take over the world with this podcast. And then, you know, a year later, he's out. I mean, he's gone, you know, he's not even on the scene doing any podcasting. So I think that's just part of it, right? I mean, you, you, you find the thing you love and if you, if you're passionate about it, go, double down on it. Like it sounds like you've done and, and are you feeling pretty good where you're at? I mean, you're, you're super busy, but do you feel good about the podcast where it's going? Yeah, I feel really good about where it's going. Um, you know, it takes a little bit of time to find your own voice and, um, you know, get all the technical and tactical things in place, but um, I've come around the bend on that, I think, and now I'm starting to go, okay, what's my, you know, longer term strategy and how am I going to grow the audience and all those different things. And, you, you know, you and I talked about a handful of those things and it doesn't happen overnight, but, um, I've got some, uh, some things in play that I think are going to be really fun and interesting and, um, you know, go from there. Well, I think we're doing it here. You know, we're helping, uh, I think together, maybe if we can build some of this, we can help, uh, help each other grow. And that's, that's kind of the, the idea, right? The rising tide, uh, raises all ships, but, um, that's well, right. let's yeah. transition over to, uh, over to this trip because this Alaska trip, I'm kind of thinking, you know, like I said, we're thinking about doing one talk about, um, let's go to the planning. So, so somebody's coming in right now and they're thinking, I want to go to, let's just take the Alaska, right? So we're going to go to Alaska. What are the steps to getting this done? Is there a, is there like an easy button to do this thing? What would you recommend? Yeah, you know, right now, um, our our site for Dupa Fish is it's in beta format, so we're just getting service providers to, to sign up and doing our last bit of debugging. When's that going to be ready? By the way, Christian, when, when are you going to have like when is that thing going to be like out of beta and just ready to just be dialed? Any idea? Um, probably the first of the year, it should be up and running and really kind of functioning well. That's that's one of our major goals. Um, so, you know, right now it's a little difficult. That's that's why we created the site. Um, but, you know, biggest thing for you to do is find a location that you want to go to um, when you're trying to book these sites and then find a, 
that's going to suit your needs. So, you know, try to figure out like, hey, what species do we want to target? What's going to facilitate the group? Let's use this for an example, to use my example. So let's think we're going up there and we want to target as many species as possible. So you could either, I guess, if you go early, you've got Chinook, you've got trout. If you go later, you get more like August, you know, into kind of the all more of the other salmon. Let's take that. Let's say we want to catch as many species as possible. And we're thinking maybe, I don't know, maybe August. What would you say if somebody comes in with that sort of thought? Yeah, um, that that's a good way to think about it. It's, it's more of... Um, you know, if that's the type of species in the group you want to go um, a target, that's that works ideal. Talk to a couple of the lodges, find out, hey, when's the most ideal time uh, to come for these types of things? And they'll be really honest with you, like, hey, come this time if you want to fill the cooler and do things like that. Okay, that's this is the time of year. If you want to do more flyouts, uh, weather's more stable this time of year. Um, if you want to get grayling and trout and pike and et cetera, come this time of year, they'll really line it out for you then you start to just look for locations that have a very good reputation and can facilitate the size of your group that's usually what comes down to is the size of your group and um, we've we've really kind of um, fallen in love with two outfits um, the Katmai Trophy Lodge and then All Alaska Outdoors both of those outfits can facilitate a fairly decent sized group and they have really good fisheries around them um, in particular, I went to recently went to the Katmai Trophy Lodge. Um, James Johnson runs that lodge, and their guiding crew is top notch. The river itself is, um, you know, one of the best rivers to fish, and we in particular like to target really big rainbows. And to give you an example, I think we had nine guys on our group this year, and I think everybody caught a, a rainbow over 30 inches. A rainbow, not a steelhead. A rainbow. <laughs> yeah, these are rainbow. Yeah, these are rainbow. No, yeah. this is, and, and is this? Um, I know we had. Um, uh, oh, actually, had uh, James and and uh, Dryfly John on on two different podcasts. Were, were you? Did, did you meet John? Was he out there at all? Yeah, John's up there. John is uh, running a different camp now, but um, yeah, we uh, I fished with the John before. We see him down in Arkansas. He runs down there too on the white and whatnot. But yeah, so those guys go. are solid. Yeah, yeah. So that's good. So do those guys, if you're going to go out, say you wanted to go out and do kind of a, maybe take a fly out to a remote destination and drop your stuff off, hop in a raft. Is that something, um, you know, those folks, what would you recommend there if you want to dig into that? Yeah, it depends on the type of fly outs you want to do, but they can accommodate all different levels. Um, a lot of the fly outs you do out of the lodges, um, are lesser in running rafts and things like that. What they do is they fly out and then you do these hiking areas. Um, uh, uh, the, that's the cat may specialty. I know um, all Alaska does some fly outs and they'll do rafts or float trips on the fly outs. And then there's other outfits that'll do like full float uh, or um, uh, outings where um, they'll fly you out, drop you on a raft with canvas tents and whatnot. And you float from, you know, spot, spot for, you know, the next 10 days or whatever. It's just really what you want to facilitate. I mean, Alaska is incredible. Um, no matter what trip you do, um, at what level you're going to have a blast. The, the atmosphere is incredible. The fishing is incredible. Um, you know, and all those guides, they all have their, their positives and, uh, you know, some of them have their negatives, but they all have their specialties and you're not going to, head up there and get quote a bad guide um 
you just may not have like some of the very particular expertise in certain areas if you're looking for things like that. Yeah. Okay. And, and all Alaska, I haven't uh, talked to them yet. So you're saying they do these flyouts where they could put together one of these remote trips. Is that, is that the case? Yeah. Dave up there, um, he runs that outfit and um, they have all kinds of um, flyouts that they do different levels and he'll put special packages together for people. And he really facilitates a lot of things. So he, he runs hunting out of his lodge. Um, he's got one of the world's best ptarmigan hunting um, locations there you can get like all four of the um, different um, species of ptarmigan there in like a weekend and then he has like a really cool pike season in uh, July I'll be heading up there next year um, to do that so what, what are you doing in July I'm gonna head up and see Dave and we're gonna go do some pike fishing probably some grayling and um, maybe some rainbows perfect okay so so basically, it sounds like circling back, you know, find find a spot you you like, um, talk to a, a lodge. Like, so all Alaska might be a, a one you could talk to and let them know what you want to do. If you wanted to fly into a, a remote, do a 10-day trip, they could probably accommodate that and then um, find out, you know, when the, the best time would be. Um, do you have any um, any other tips you want to throw out there? I mean, it sounds like you guys went to the lodge. I mean, you go to the lodge, obviously, you're just pretty much taken care of at the lodge. Have you thought about doing more of these fly out, some of the remote stuff? Or you, have you done any of that stuff? So in Alaska, um, we we use lodges because you need a you need a base camp. And because the weather isn't super stable, um, you want to have an outfit that has local fishing that's really good. And then the ability to do these flyouts, right? Because you can go to Alaska and here's another tip for you. If you go to Alaska and you go to a lodge and there's availability of flyouts, do not show up and go, oh, I want to on a Monday and say, I want to fly out on Friday or Thursday or Friday. You show up to the lodge and you say, what are the flyouts available tomorrow? Because you could very well get into a weather pattern and then it'll shut it down for the rest of the week. So whenever you can do the fly out, you do it. And then you use the days that you can't fly to fish locally on the local river by boat or whatever it may be. So that's a good tip to, to always be aware of. And then if you want to do, because Alaska is so remote, a lot of the like kind of do it yourself stuff is a lot harder. Um, it just takes a lot more logistics and getting gear there and all that stuff. And, you know, you can't just go up and rent a boat and, you know, things like that. Um, and things are just so much more remote. So you really find somebody that specializes in the type of adventure that you want to do. Now, other locations that you go to, we do that all the time. We'll go with a group of guys and we'll make a cheap trip and we'll go, okay, look, we're going to get a VRBO. We'll all split the house. We'll have community food. Everybody chips in a couple bucks. We make food and stuff and dinners at night and, you know, cook a bunch of food for lunches and that the next day. And typically what we do is we say, hey, look, um, a couple of us are going to um, either bring a boat or rent boats and we're going to float the local river. And then a couple guys on the first few days might get a guide. And so they'll go out with the guide. They'll get a bunch of local knowledge from the guide and um, we'll go out and we'll fish out of our boat and we'll try to figure it out on our own. And then you all meet up at the house later that day and you're like, Hey, what did you guys do? Oh, we did this and this was successful. And the guide told us to do this and that was successful. And we told him to do this and we, that was successful and blah, blah, blah. And then 
by you know two three days in you you might have your own plan and you might be going well we're just going to get more rental boats and run the by ourselves or run personal pontoons we like to run those kind of boats um and then sometimes you might go you know what i'm just going to stick with my guide through the week um etc but it that works really well um and you can be an amazing trip um and it can be done on a budget and that was that was our big thing right we were doing trips on a budget and wanted to be able to facilitate that for other people um you know because going going to a lodge is awesome (laughs) going to a lodge is awesome and being catered to but it's not always in the budget right um and a lot of us live in locations where we can go a short trip like that and do it in three four days um or you know we would do trips that were week to 10 days long um and and those can be facilitated too so um, and I'll give the example of we, we do an annual trip every year to, in February to the White River. We love that fishery. We fish through Daly's um, fly shop down there. Steve Daly, he does a great job. He always helps us out on getting in on the right guides. It's February. The weather can be finicky, but the fishing can be really great. And we do a VRBO and we fit, fish with his guides every day. And we've built relationships with the guys. We know what to expect. It's really easy. And we bring a couple new guys every year. We do the same thing. We go down to New Orleans and we fish with Miles LaRose. He's an incredible guide, one of the best down there in Louisiana. And uh, we fly into New Orleans. There's incredible food. He has a he has a house that we are VRBO directly from him. They pick us up. We go out. We fish for reds and just have an amazing time. And that's we we schedule that. Todd and I go. We go for six days and then we split the six days into three three day two three day trips for other people. Uh, to join us and some guys sign up for six and a lot of guys are like i can only come for three days and it's awesome you know but those two fisheries are really predictable that's the other thing too is if you can find fisheries that are pretty predictable um and facilitate a skill set for a wide variety of people right you know some some groups we go on and it's like hey man this is super techie fishing and you know half the guys are like i don't i don't want anything to do with that and the other half are like that's exactly what i want you know you know uh you, not everybody's in the fishing for permit and bonefish and, you know, being able to cast in 20 mile an hour wind. And that, that can be really troublesome. Well, so we'll go down to new Orleans and we'll fish for redfish. And that's a fish that is, it wants to eat. It's, you usually get decent weather windows. Um, you know, you can target them. Anybody who hasn't saltwater fish, but can cast a, a lightweight streamer is, you know, they can get in the fish. You know, you get a lot of opportunities all those things. It's a great entryway into to saltwater fly fishing. Yeah, those are those are killer tips. And I think, uh, yeah, we had uh, John Mauser on. We talked about redfish recently. I'll put uh, I'll put links out to everything we talked about today. So this is good. You've got a good list of uh, things going here as far as some tips. And those were those are cool. I was thinking. So time wise, if you're doing a new area, what do you recommend as far as how much time do you, if you're going to kind of DIY it and you're going to do like what you're talking about? Do you think, what is it like a, a week or, you know, more than that? What, what do you, what, how much time if you're doing this sort of trip? Yeah. Usually you want to plan a couple months in advance. And the primary reason for that is the cost of your flights is a lot cheaper. Um, and then a lot of the good locations that you want to target. Um, if you really want to get in with a good guide service, they're booked out, you know, often a year in advance. Um, uh, you know, we, if you get into a spot and you really like the location, you do need to think about like, Hey, did we want to come and do this again next year? And so you go fish with that guide and you fish that year and you basically lock in for the next year. 
Um, so you definitely want a few months in advance to start trying to plan and get in with somebody that's pretty good. Um, if they're, if the guide isn't telling you, oh, I by chance have an offering, uh, an opening, they're either a new guide and they're trying to build their book of business, or they are, you know, maybe new to that location, um, or they're just not very well known in that area um, as a top guide. And so those are all things to be considered. There's plenty of guides that are new and that aren't familiar with the area and all those other scenarios that are excellent guides, but you're, you're taking a little bit more of a risk. And those are things to certainly keep in mind. How do you find, how do you know the, the, who is the, the, the newbie? Other than, you know, like you said, talk to them. Uh, how would you know the, the very experienced versus the newbie? Yeah, so it's, it's tough. That's um, one of the scenarios that's difficult. And another reason why we built the platform is there's a, you know, there's a review approach on our platform. You know, review your guide and you can see the ones that get five stars and those that don't, right? Um, so that'll be helpful. But there's a lot of other sites that do that too um, in various ways. And I think the biggest thing is, is just do a little bit of due diligence. So look at their Instagram page and their Instagram feed. You're going to see what kind of fish they're getting into. Um, often a lot of those guys, they'll post pictures of people and they'll tag their customers. So reach out to one of their customers and be like, Hey, Hey, how was your outing for, with miles? And they're going to tell you straight up usually, you know, um, the other thing is just, you know, go check out their website. Is it professional? Um, you know, look at their boat. Is it clean? Is it well-kept? Is it, you know, does it look on point? Um, and that can go either ways because I've been in some pretty junky boats and the guides are incredible. Right. But um, it's really, you know, look at some of those things. Are they professional? Are they full time, you know, on the job um, kind of thing? Um, are they active in their community and active in, you know, the local water conservation and all those different things? Those all, you know, those guys that are really into it, they're participating in all that because it's their livelihood, right? I mean, they work, that's their business. Um, how long have they been established in the area? Um, all those certain things, but just do that simple due diligence that you would for a plumber or an electrician, right? That's kind of the way I look at it. And, uh, you know, you're spending a good chunk of change, but, um, you know, it's, it's worth it getting a guide in my opinion, it, every, every penny of it. The other thing is, is call the guide, have a 10, 15 minute conversation with them. You say, Hey, this is what I'm thinking. This is what I want to get out of the trip. And that's really important. A lot of times I'll go on a trip and I'll talk to a guy and be like, dude, I want, this is what I want to get on the trip. I am bringing a bunch of people down. We just want to make sure we're having fun. It's great if people are getting into big fish, but it's not like a major priority for us. We wanted to, we just want them to get into fish and have some targets and some fun. And by the way, there's a handful of guys that are new, but they are really anxious to learn. So we want to get them with guides that are really good at teaching, you know, basic technique on this or that. I always get on a boat and I'm like, okay, man, you know, I don't really have any objectives for the day, or I had this objective for the day. And by the way, treat me like I'm the newest guy on a block. I want you to teach me everything, you know. Um, and because sometimes you get on a boat and guys like, oh man, this guy's a good angler. Like I don't have to, and they kind of sit back and they're like, Hey, I'm going to let him run his own show and just kind of you know, sight the fish and point them out and et cetera. But I love it when guys are like, Hey man, slow down your back cast or, Hey, you need to really rip that. Or, uh, when you present, present in this manner. And I'm a big proponent of, Hey, I'm going to ask you throughout the day, why did you have me do that? Because I want to understand why we're doing that. So when I come back next time, I get it. 
you know, or I can apply that elsewhere on my own. So there's a lot of those components of being guided that people, they miss that opportunity because they're just, you know, they're shy. You know, like, I don't want to be embarrassed. Like, hey, don't be embarrassed. These guys take newbies out all the time. That's their job to teach, right? Yeah, no, you're, you're killing it pretty much uh, on, on all these tips. I think that these are all great um, things to be thinking about. Anything else before we kind of move off and uh, move off this topic as far as, I mean, you just threw out a ton of, of great uh, information. Um, I mean, you got a website now you're coming up. That's going to be a great resource. Uh, what else would you tell somebody if they're thinking about doing one of these trips where they're kind of doing, like you say, they're going on their own? Anything else we want to toss in there? Yeah, just I think be honest with yourself and have real expectations. It's fishing, right? It's supposed to be fun, one. Um, and two, uh, it's never a guarantee. Um, just be honest with yourself. You can go out and um, not get into the fish or whatever it is that you might have. And if, if you just look at it as like going and having fun and learning something, I think you'll have a higher propensity to have a good time. Um, but those would be my best tips. Well, that's great stuff. I'm curious, taking it back to the podcast, um, you know, as you go in and I've been listening to some of your podcasts recently, I'm curious how you, um, you know, choose a topic, like a guest topic. How, how do you choose, you know, you, obviously you got to keep going. Do you do, are you doing a weekly show still? Yeah, it's a weekly show. And um, I try a couple things. So I try to get, the biggest thing for me is on the podcast, um, telling stories that, um are going to leave a value add for the listener. So what are they going to take away from the podcast that they felt like they learned something that they maybe didn't know um, or gained a new perspective, et cetera, and kind of help them grow personally. Um, That's really what I try to do. And then I, I have certain subject areas that I've found people really enjoy. They enjoy like a lot of the stuff around photography and adventure um, so I try to bring some of that in. They like to hear different personalities and personality types, the stories about how people got into fly fishing. And then I really try to focus on some of the tactical and technical items of like, hey, what's going to maybe make me a better angler um, this year? And then those are, those are focused on all kinds of areas, something like this, where we talk a lot about, hey, how do you plan for a trip? Or how do you set up your boat? Or um, how do you set up your rod? A lot of us talk about like, hey, how do you set up your rod? Well, that's kind of been done over and over again. So I try to bring in some some new things, you know, um, and, and those prove to be pretty valuable. I, I get quite a bit of feedback on that. Um, and it's been really positive. And then I try to bring in some different elements like, hey, what are maybe some of the ethnical um, differences or, or ethic differences um, getting, I've been trying to get more and more women on the podcast. Cause I just see a lot of women out there that love the fly fish and, you know, they want to be included and they got great stories. Um, et cetera. I try to bring people in from, you know, like kind of fringe, um, sports or outfits to, to fly fishing. So they do a little bit of fly fishing, but they're really hunters or they're really, um, into, you know, four by four, uh, travel to get to remote locations. And, you know, oh, would that open up an adventure for me that I maybe didn't think about um, or one of my listeners and they have a great weekend because of that? It's really just trying to spread the word. It did, Fly fishing did so much for me that I want to share that as much as I can. And if I can lead somebody off to have a great day on the river or weekend or trip or whatever, man, that's like, that's just incredible for me. You know, that's awesome. Yeah, it's a real nice personal touch that I get out of it. Yeah, no, that's amazing. What, what has been the, um, as far as podcasting, you know, doing the show, what, what's been the biggest challenge so far? 
Oh, it's always a challenge, you know, lining up your guests and, um, you know, making sure you have an episode every week. That's, you know, that's tough um, because, you know, everybody's busy, right? And it's it's always a, a one-off scenario for them. Um, <clears throat> so, you know, it's tough. You know, you, you get someone scheduled and they're like, oh, my God, I forgot about my kid's uh, soccer game. Uh, it's at that time. Can we do it later in the day? And you're like, oh, man, I got my kid's lacrosse right. game later <laughs> in the day, <laughs> you know. Um, and then I have a regular job. So then – and they have regular jobs. So it's usually a lot of morning recordings early or evening recordings late, you know, kind of thing. Um and then getting people um, that really have a great um, story or have the ability to, to tell a story and helping facilitate that um, can be hard. Um, but yeah, it's it's that's probably the hardest thing I think. The technical side, like you can get all the mechanics of it dialed in, and, and, that, and I'm working on that. Um, you know, somebody just told me the other day, hey, the the volume on your podcast. It's hard to hear you sometimes, so I, you know, I got to get that fixed up. Uh, you and I were talking about that, but yeah, um, it's really probably the scheduling is the hardest thing because you're doing one a week. It's 52 podcasts a year, and then that never ends. <laughs> no, nope, it never ends. Yeah, you gotta, you gotta. That's why I always say you gotta, you gotta really love it. You know, you gotta really have the passion for it because yeah, doing one yeah. episode a week maybe doesn't sound like a lot. Yeah. But if you want to do it right and and do it completely right, it does take a lot of effort and and hours. I mean, not, not just an hour of the recording, but the, the editing and the, the marketing and yeah, it's, it's a full thing. Yeah. Yeah. It it takes quite a bit, but it is fun, man. It is fun. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. No, you love it. That's the, that's a great thing. It sounds like you're loving, you know, so when you get these podcast episodes, everyone, you're kind of like excited for it and, and ready to dial in. Oh yeah. You get excited. It's hard sometimes for that to come across because you know, it's five thirty in the morning, maybe you're a little groggy, but yeah, I do love it. And, and I've just met some incredible people and formed some, you know, fantastic relationships, um, through the talking and interviewing, you know, it's, it's, it's good. I love that social side of it. Right on, right on. Well, let's take us out of here. We, uh, try to do the, the two twenty two little segment, uh, top, uh, flies, tips and resources. And we were on this, um, you did a really good job talking about a bunch of tips so far on, you know, putting together a trip. Um, let's go back to Alaska. So you're up there fishing for, uh, sounds like, were you early in the season when you're up at, uh, Katmai or when were you So there? we're late in the season, September. Gotcha. So you're getting some huge, uh, you're getting some fat. That's, that's the, that's the thing. So what are, give me the uh, top, just two flies. Yeah. Okay. I can do that. So the top two flies are an egg and an egg. <laughs> you fish a lot of eggs. <laughs> really? So you're um, egg. So you're fishing eggs. Wow. You're, yeah. You fish a bead um, set up up there that time of year. Um, and then you fish streamers if you're going after silvers. Um, and those can be just about any color. So for those giant rainbows that you're seeing, if you go to Dry Fly John, all those, most of those in September are not swung fish up. Those are actually egg patterns. Um, later in September and October, they start to do more swinging. Um, people swing throughout September as well. Um, and you can swim all, swing all kinds of different things, sculpin patterns, um, you know, just bright colors, pinks, like flesh patterns and things like that. Um, but the reality is, is that those fish are dropping out of the lake and coming down into the river. That's why they're so big. Right. And the fish in Alaska follow the fish ahead of them 
and basically use those fish as their protein source. So what they're doing is they're following the, at that time of year, they're following the sockeye up and they're just feeding on the eggs of the sockeye. And you're talking millions upon millions of sockeye that go up that river. So those fish aren't really interested in much else than the sockeye. Now, when the sockeye start to tail off, which is the end of September, early October, then all of a sudden there's flesh coming down. There's all kinds of different things and the eggs aren't as prominent. So now that's when the swinging starts to get really good and it changes up. So that's really when you start to talk to your lodges about, hey, when should I come up and target this fish or that? They're going to talk about, oh, well, the so-and-so are running that year and therefore the XYZ are feeding on them, you know, Um and that's, that's how it's all laid up. It's just this ever going cycle of one fish running up the river and then and the fish behind them feeding on the eggs and, and, uh, you know, usually the flesh as well. So, yeah, there you go. Okay, cool. So, so that's a couple of flies, eggs, and, uh, eggs, eggs, and eggs, but, uh, and then what about, yeah. um, so we won't get into the tips here, but I'm curious about resources. So you've, you're creating this great resource. What other, if you had to throw out a couple of other resources, somebody's planning either an Alaska trip or a kind of do it yourself trip, what, what would you recommend? Could be like books, magazines, videos, anything. Yeah, you know, books are always good for learning technique and um, various things. I like those. I, I always read those. But for me, the best resources are calling um, local guide shops, talking to people on on those guide shops, and then I use a lot of social media. I've found that just to be a great way to talk to people, and most people are really open to sharing. And so I'll get on a social media and I'll be like, oh, this guy's based in that area or I'll look around and find people that look like they're having a lot of success there. And I'll just start messaging on them going, hey, man, I'm thinking about coming out of that area. Do you have any tips for me? And people will usually be an open book and I find it great. Um, often I'll I'll start talking to those people and they're like, hey, man, I'm going to be in town. You should just come fish with me for a day. Oh, OK, cool. Let's do it. You know. Um, th- those are for me, some of the best tips because you really get into the nitty gritty and those guys are local experts. I mean, if you can get somebody that knows the local area and is going to be able to say, Hey, let me send you a couple pictures of the flies you should bring. You know, it's like, that's, that's a big step, right? Oh, this time of year, it's probably even more important this time of year, the fish lay up in the, in the pools. Oh, they're in the heads of the pools because they're doing this, or they're always in the riffles this time of year. That to me, where the fish laying is probably the best question to ask far more than the flies because the reality is is like the fly is just if it's in the right location it doesn't really matter what it is in a lot of cases but where the fish are at is really important oh they're sitting high in the column they're sitting really low they're in the riffle they're in the tail out that's where i want to know is where are they at so if i can get in front of them and present to them that's far more important to what i'm actually presenting there you go. Perfect. All right. Those are, those are awesome. And as we take it out of here, just two random, I got a couple of random ones for you. The first one, I know we talked uh, about, uh, how you're, uh, you just purchased a new house. I'm curious on the house. Give us a, give us a house buying tip. What would you recommend? It sounds like, you know, moving is one of the most stressful things. If somebody was in the market right now to buy a new house, what, what would you, because this is a tough, I mean, right. Like housing market prices are crazy high right now. What would you tell somebody? Oh yeah. It's, it's insane right now. And I'm, I'm in a, um, resort area. I live in park city, Utah. Um, I retained my place and then I bought a townhome to move into, and that just facilitated my ability to travel a lot easier. Um, so that, that was my move for that. I'll give you an example. I went and looked at this house. It was listed on the market for 30 minutes and there were five other people looking at the place and I put an offer in that day. 
and I didn't get the first offer, but the first offer fell through. And so I was next in line and and got it. So I was pretty lucky. Um, So my best advice to you is get an agent that is on top of it and is going to be like looking every second of the day and then be very flexible with your ability to go look at properties and have a good understanding of what you want so that you can walk in and pull the trigger really quick. The other thing is, is get a good lender that is going to get you all pre-approved and probably a local lender because that can be extremely advantageous. If I'm a seller and I am working with a local lender that I know and I know could be successful, that's an advantage to you in a buying position because that other agent is going, oh, I know that lender. I know if he says it's good, it's good. But if you're working with the lender that's like in the neighboring city or they haven't worked with before, they might go, I don't really know that lender. I've never worked with them. Hopefully they can pull it off. That's a negative. So those are a couple little tips that I would say, hey, keep those in mind when you're buying. Those sweet. And I, and I'm now as we circle back, I'm kind of thinking about what you have going and, and looking in the future. So you got... You got your uh, your day job. You got Dupa Fish. You got uh, with the travel. You got the Fly Fishing Insider podcast. You just purchased a new house, which some say that that's one of the stru- most stressful things. And you're you're renting your your other house. So it's, it seems like I mean, how are you going to do that? Like renting your house? How how are you? Is that you doing all that? Or are you paying a company to take over? No, I I did all that, and I'm thankful that right now the market's so. Um, there's no inventory in the market, so renting can be pretty easy. I rented my house in three days. Oh wow! For full asking price. Yeah, but you have to deal with the issues, right? If something if something comes out, you kind of have to deal with, uh, right? If the, if the whatever breaks or somebody leaves, it's it's you're you're on the hook, right? Yeah, but I've been in this location for like 17 years, so I know it in and out. It's pretty gotcha. Yeah, it's pretty clean. And then the other tip I would give you is, um, I know in Utah, and it might be in other states, but. Um, your uh, real estate agent in Utah now has the ability to market your rental on the MLS. Okay. And a lot of real estate agents will do that for a very nominal price, you know, 200 bucks or 250 bucks. Um, and they don't charge any of the commission on, on the rental. But what happens is people, especially in our location, they're coming out and they're looking to buy homes, but they may know that they're going to have six or 12 months of looking before they actually make a purchase. So they'll get into a lease um, in that standard. So some things to think about there. So a nice, easy way to get your, your place marketed very uh, inexpensively. There you go. There you go. Another, another killer tip. Um, all right. And the last one here, I'm not sure if you're, do you listen to other podcasts at all or is it, uh, or do you listen to more music? Oh yeah. I listen to all kinds of different podcasts it's the whole gamut of things um, okay so you know so, i so listen we got, to business podcasts oh, and fishing ones etc yeah, yeah. G- give me the uh so give me the not not your favorite five podcasts but the last five podcasts or less th- three to five podcasts you you listen to you actually listen to what were those yeah the um social media marketer is a really good one with mike uh yep stelsner it's like stelsner yeah and then uh flip my funnel by sangram uh Verja. That's a sales podcast, uh, sales and marketing. It's uh, um, nice. a whole new approach to account-based marketing um, that's been going around. Um, the Brutal Truth About Sales is another one I like for sales. Um, I listen to your podcast. I've, I've always really enjoyed that. Sweet. Um, the um, the Millhouse podcast is another fishing podcast yep. that I like to listen to. Um, off the top of my head, that's probably that's awesome. uh, about it. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's hard to find time. I, I usually listen 
um, on two times speed, driving to work and driving home. <laughs> yeah, you doubled up. Yeah, you do the two x speed. That's that's a good tip for people. Yeah, that's the way to consume. Yeah, awesome, Christian. Well, this has been a lot of fun. I appreciate you, uh, you know, sharing the tips and everything. And uh, yeah, man, for taking over the Insider Podcast. I love that that's still going, and I'm excited to keep in touch with you. Um, we'll send everybody out to the Fly Fishing Insider Podcast on Instagram if they have questions. Is that the best place to, to send everyone? Yeah, at Fly Fishing Insider Podcast on Instagram is a great location to to pick me up, and or at Dupa Fishing. That's D U P E A Fish on Instagram. I'm always on uh, messaging and uh, yeah, I'd love to, love to have you guys join us. Awesome. Well, I'll, I'll hit you up. I think we might do, if this works out, uh, maybe like a feed drop, something like that, where we drop this episode into your feed and I'll, I'll I can just say hi right now if, if, if we're doing that to your listeners, because I think that's a great way. You know, we talked a little bit about how to get the word out. I think that's one good way to, you know, because your people can hear actually you right i'm not sure if you have an interview yeah. of yourself out there but that's one good possibility yeah totally down with that let's do it cool man all right christian have a good day and we'll talk to you soon sounds good dave see you so there you go if you want to find all the show notes all the links and everything else we covered today head over to wetflyswing.com slash 268 268 will get you there we uh, put a list in there on um, some of the podcast uh, episodes or shows he mentioned. And uh, yeah, click that link. That's the best place because in your app, we don't have all the links, including uh, whatever, however you're listening. So if you go over the website, that's a better chance. We've got a whole blog post there. Just a lot easier to kind of lay things out. So check, take a look. It's uh, we, I do my best. Uh, <laughs> we do our best to make things look pretty and easy. So head over to wetflyswing.com slash 268. Uh, and all the episodes have blog posts that go along with them, including including a transcript. So if you want to check out the transcript, uh, if you can't listen all the time, hopefully you can listen usually, but if you can't listen, we also have a transcript uh, down at the bottom, which uh, you can read and listen as you want or, or just uh, listen or just read. Anyways, I am uh, jibber jabbering again, so um, I'm going to get out of here. Before I do, I just wanted to... Uh, just let you know that I appreciate your support uh, on this show. I know there's a lot of uh, great podcasts out there you could listen to, so appreciate you taking the time today to listen. And I hope to maybe talk to you online or maybe see you on the river. Check one, two, one, two. Here we go. Here we go. Check one, two. Okay. How's that? That was bad. Thanks for listening to the Wet Fly Swing Fly Fishing Show. For notes and links from this episode, visit wetflyswing.com.